Hey, welcome to week number two uh, in our series that we're calling Q&A. Uh, we're answering the top five questions that you wanted to hear answered uh, from the Bible based on the surveys that were filled out uh, in our Christmas services. And uh, this is a pretty interesting one that we're going to look at uh, during our time together today. Before I do that, let me just mention, uh, we're real excited this weekend. We have some special friends with us uh, from far, far distance, some Moldovian friends, uh, Peter and Vlada Rukin from Moldova. Uh, Moldova. Uh, Peter's here in the front row, and uh, Vlada is with the children's ministry right now. They're from our sister church in Transnistria and uh, in Traspol, and they're getting some training while they're here this weekend. Part of our legacy lanes really impacting the whole entire world. And so if you see Peter and Vlada, make sure to say hello to them. Uh, just a, a great church there, great folks there, and uh, we're enjoying our time uh, together with them, to say the least. Uh, Second question in our list of top five questions you wanted answered was, how can I stop worrying? How can I stop worrying? Now, uh, I, I did a little informal survey, actually. I'm going to just move this a little bit. I did a little informal survey with the, with the staff because we have a, a, a great span of ages in our staff. And I asked, what are the main worries kind of at different ages, uh, teen years, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s plus? And, and this is a list that we came up with. Maybe you can identify with this list. In the teen years, uh, top things we worry about is our self-image the future, friends, future spouse is a big one for teenagers. Then in our 20s about relationships, careers, student loans. Do I hear an amen? Okay, student loans in the 20s. 30s, family, uh, and the 30-year-old said, our children's safety. That's a major, major worry. Or, or we don't say worry, do we? We say concern. Same girl, different dress. Um, and, and so children's safety, financings as, finances as well. In our 40s, college for kids. What, what college are our kids going to go to? Uh, health and finances. In our 50s, and I just broke this, this threshold, so I don't know much about it. Uh, Adult-child relationships. Now our children are kind of grown. How do we have real friendships with our grown children? Uh, empty nesters. In the 50s, and, and also something about just in the 50s, like, what legacy am I leaving? You know, how, how much is my life really counted, and how much is it going to count? And then 60s plus, I had to get some advice on this because I can't even see it from where I am right now. But 60s plus, retirement uh, and health and caregiving for uh, uh, parents. And so these are just a quick list. This took us just a few moments in a staff meeting, but it's amazing just how much there really is to worry about. Now, the interesting thing about worry is this, it's not new to the human condition. Uh, worry has been around forever, and in fact, Jesus spoke really, really clearly and definitively about worry. And so let me give you a little roadmap of where we're headed uh, during our time together. Uh, we're going to look at this passage. It's a number of verses that Jesus goes, and he's talking on and on about not worrying. Don't worry, he says. And then I'm going to uh, ask a couple questions, and then we're going to have a little application. I believe, just like last week when we uh, started this series off, I believe that, that the Bible, God's Word, is going to give us tools that are really going to help us, that literally we can stop worrying. But the choice is up to you. The choice is up to me. And so let's, let's dive right in. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34. And I'm just going to go through these, make some comments, and like I said, then ask a couple questions, and then we'll make application. Because Jesus makes this incredible statement to his followers. He says, do not worry. As a follower of Jesus Christ, he's commanded me, do not 
worry. How could he say that? Do not worry. Well, I think when you're crucified and you rise from the dead, you're allowed to say anything you want because you've proven it. And that's the whole point. Jesus, if anyone was going to worry, Jesus lived a perfect life, died a sacrificial death, and rose from the dead. And he told his followers, not only did he predict his death, he predicted his resurrection from the dead, and he told us, do not worry. I got this. I got this. And so Jesus offers this alternative to his followers. Now, maybe you're here tonight and you're not a Christian. Let me just say this. I think what we're going to look at that Jesus says here, this alone is worth becoming a Christian over. Because there's no way to conquer worry apart from Jesus Christ. It's impossible. It's completely impossible. But for a Christian, Jesus says, this is the key. This is how you can stop worrying. And so I think just this alone, eternity is fantastic. But just, it, and it also impresses me how much Jesus is concerned, not just about eternity, he's concerned about today. And so he goes very lengthy, and it's not the only place that he talked about, do not worry. He told all his followers, don't worry. Don't worry. So let's begin to look at this, this prescription uh, that Jesus gives for worry that's really free to each and every one of us if we just will follow that prescription. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Jesus begins, we're answering the question, how can I stop worrying? He says, therefore I tell you, here it is, do not worry about your life. Time out. Wait a minute. Surely he just meant 2,000 years ago. No, he meant today. Don't worry about your life. Nothing that has to do with your life, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And it's not a psychological game that he's playing here. It's a spiritual reality, a commandment. He instructs his followers, do not worry about your life. Now watch this now. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, Already, Jesus is circling around the target here of what worry is all about. Here it is. You ready for it? Worry is never about today. It's always about tomorrow. It's always about the future what if. Notice what he says here. What you will, not what you are eating, what you're going to in the future what you will eat or drink about, uh, or about your body or what you will wear. Is not your life more than food and the body more than clothes? I mean, just think about it for a minute. His audience, he's speaking, it's probably open air. This is a Sermon on the Mount, big, huge crowd of people. And, and he's talking to people that literally, some of them not sure where their next meal's coming from. You, you know, we, we can't relate to some of this, but he's applying what he says earlier. He says, do not worry about your life. And so for us, it's like, what we're going to eat, none of us are worrying about that, are we? Look around you. Nobody's worried about what they're going to eat. We all have plenty. You gave away a lot of your clothes. We purge our closet so we can buy more new clothes. We're worried about being out of fashion, out of style. The only fashion was like robe and sandals back then. You know, they weren't worried about that. They were just like, do I have a change of clothes? How do I even clean these clothes? I don't have any other clothes. But he's applying that 2,000 years ago, but the principle is exactly the same. Don't worry about anything in your life. Jesus says, stop it. Don't worry. Nothing, whether you're, what is food or clothing, worry is always about, watch this now, later. Worry is always about the future. Think about most of the worries that you have right now. It's not in this moment. It's thinking about tomorrow. 
What's going to happen tomorrow or next week or next month or next year? It's always future focused instead of living in the present moment. Worry. And so he says, don't do it. Don't do it. Next verse, he goes on and says, look at the birds of the air. Come on, Jesus. Who has time to do that? Only old people look at the birds of the air. But just imagine it for a minute. He's speaking to this huge crowd, and he's probably just like this. He goes, look at the birds of the air. He's pointing possibly even a bird flying overhead. He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Now, watch this. This is incredible how God's created us. Do you know a human being is the only one that can anticipate the future? God created you. God created me. We're the only ones that can actually anticipate what's going to happen tomorrow. What's going to happen a year from now? And we can make plans and bring about what we want in a, to a degree in the future. Only human beings. And he's talking about birds, and he's saying they don't worry about anything. They don't even have the ability to worry, and God takes care of them. God completely takes care of them. He goes on and says, are you not much more valuable than they? How much more valuable are you to God than a bird? It's not to say the birds aren't valuable. Jesus said God sees even when, it, when a bird falls to the ground. God sees it all. But how much more valuable are you? How much more valuable am I? The birds don't worry and God takes care of them. How much more valuable are you? Do you trust that God will take care of you? See, that's what worry is all about. Worry is an admittance, I don't believe God really cares. He doesn't really care. He doesn't really care about me. I just don't believe that he cares. And Jesus is just drilling down deeper and deeper and deeper. And, and he's going to, in a minute, just uncover the whole thing. He says, how much more valuable are you than they? Next verse, verse 27, he says, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? No, the reality is this. Many of us probably have taken hours and days off of our life because we worry. Don't even need to go into the medical ramifications of worry and anxiety uh, and, and nervousness. But, but it's, it's medical fact. Jesus says, in a way, I, I love this. Could I put it in a 20th, 21st century language? He goes, can any of you, uh, anyone by worrying, add a single hour to your life? He says, how's that worrying working out for you? How's that working out for you? Worrying about everything. Did anyone, anyone ever go through a circumstance and go, you know, that would have really gone bad, but I worried so much about it, it turned out good? Never. It never I, I, I am who I am today because I worry about everything, and everything's going great. No one believes that. It, it doesn't even make sense, but we do it all the time. And, and that's what Jesus said. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? He goes, does it, can anyone say it actually helped them by worrying? At all. Then he goes on in the next verse. He says, why, and why do you worry about clothes 
and how, see how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor and spin. What is he contrasting this with? You and me. They don't work. God's given you the ability to work. God's given you the strength to work, to, to do something about the future. The flowers can't do anything about it. It goes on and it says, Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in his splendor was dressed like one of these. He's like, they'd have no control over the future and look at how beautiful they are. They have no ability to anticipate what's coming next and look at how splendid they are, even more so than Solomon. And then he goes on in verse 30. He says, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Now, let me, I, I need to unpack this a little bit because this is kind of, Jesus, Jesus had a, like a sense of humor. And, and uh, Jesus spoke Aramaic, maybe, maybe a little bit of Greek. New Testament's written in Greek. When, when Matthew here is, is writing the gospel, this account of the gospels, he, he's trying to take from Aramaic into Greek, which the Gospel of Matthew is written in, and he's trying to, to explain what Jesus is saying here in Aramaic uh, into the Greek language. What's really interesting about this is this. He chooses to try to wrap, you know, just try to capture in language what Jesus is saying here. He, he chooses two words in Greek, and he combines them together, and this is the only place in known Greek literature these two words are ever put together. Because Jesus actually is kind of making a joke with what he's saying here. And if you drill down in what the original language is, what Jesus is literally saying where he says, will he, that's God, much more clothe you, you of little faith. What he's literally saying here is this, you little faithers, you He's like, you little faithers. He's like, you, you, you guys, you're just, you're just little faithers is what you are. And, and literally creates a brand new word. It's never been used since, only in this passage. And Jesus is like, you think you understand and you think your worry is helping, but you know what? It's hurting you. you just, you're just little faithers. That's who you are. And, and probably when Jesus said this, probably the crowd laughed. Very much unlike what you just did when I said that. But anyway, we'll move on. So uh, there, there you go. It was kind of like that. That's probably what they did when he goes, you little faith, there's you. That was good. That was a lot better. See, here, here's the thing that Jesus is saying here. Do you trust that God really cares about you and will really take care of you? Or do you worry? It's one or the other. Do you really trust that he cares? Or do you worry? This is the issue of worry. The problem with worry is this, and Jesus makes it clear, 2,000 years ago and in 2018, lack of trust in God. We just don't trust God. We just don't believe him. And remember, the one who's saying this is the one who predicted his death and his resurrection, and then he did it. If there's anyone who should ever be trusted, it's Jesus. And he says, don't worry. God's got this. God cares. He cares for the flowers. 
He cares for the birds. How much more valuable are you to him than they? That's the problem of worry. We don't need to drag the concerns of tomorrow into today. That's what we worry about. What you will eat, what you will air, what you will wear, it's always about the future. It's never about living in the present moment. Worry is always about what's going to happen. And Jesus just puts his finger right on it. What you will eat, what you will wear, all those worries that almost every one of those, without exception, that I listed from those different age groups, all of them are about what's going, what could possibly happen. None of them are about what I'm actually facing. What I'm actually facing in the moment, in the present moment. And so Jesus says this. Now don't miss it. Matthew 6, 31, next verse. So do not worry. He says don't do it. Stop it. Do not worry. Saying, what shall, here it is again, he, he just rephrases uh, it. Again, it's always future. Worry is always about what might happen. What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Worry is bringing the issues of tomorrow into today. That's what worry is. It's never what I'm really facing it's never in this moment, and none of this is to say, you know, if you're a student, don't worry about your final exam. You shouldn't worry about it. You should study about it. That's what you should do. Don't worry about it. Prepare. Study. Plan. None of this is to say don't plan or prepare, but what it says is live in the moment that God has given to you. I wonder in eternity, when we know all that we, there is to know, I wonder how many opportunities that I've missed in my life because I was worried about tomorrow and I missed the opportunity in the moment. It steals the joy of life. It's, it, it's, it robs us of the grace that God wants to extend and, and the opportunities that he's affording to us right now in this moment. Don't worry. Don't, so do not worry saying, what shall I we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? All of it is future tense. And we don't need to drag the concerns of tomorrow into today. Then it goes on and it says, For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Now, the pagans here, we're not talking about worshipers of Satan. Uh, yeah, that's probably included, but not exclusively. Pagan literally means anyone who doesn't acknowledge who God who he really is, who the true God is. Those that reject God, that run after all these different things, what do they do? They're running after food. They're running after what to eat, what to wear, and you know where are we going to go? What are we going to do? All these uncertainties in the future. This is how pagans live their lives. Godless. Think of that word pagans there as godless. This is what the godless run after, all these things. But your heavenly Father, he knows that you need him. He knows what you need. Listen. How would your life be different if tonight when you laid your head on your pillow, no other sound in the room, and you heard God's audible voice say, I know. I know what you need. 
and I've taken care of it. I know. You don't have to worry. I know. Trust me. I know. I've got news for you. You don't have to wait for his audible voice. You just have to look in the word. He knows what you need. He knows what I need. The one who rose from the dead says, your heavenly father knows what you need. He knows. The one who predicted his crucifixion and his resurrection and then lived it out. God knows. God knows. Jesus is saying here, quit acting like everyone else who's godless. Everyone else who has no concept of a personal God who knows and cares about each of you as individuals. Don't worry. Because God knows. He knows. And then, before we go to the next verse... I just want to point out what this verse is because the next verse you've probably heard over and over and over again out of context. The context of this next verse is Jesus talking about do not worry. Don't worry. God knows. Now the next verse, let's look at it. Verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus says, put God first. Put his kingdom first, and you know what? God will put your kingdom first. You put him first, and God, all these things. What is Jesus talking about? Let, let, let's not over-spiritualize this. Food, shelter, clothing. He said, don't worry about those things. There he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. Put God first and all these things will be given to you as well. Amazing. The clarity that Jesus spoke on about worry. And this is at the beginning of his ministry. This is Matthew chapter 6. This is, this is early, early on uh, in his earthly ministry when he's like 30 years old. It's just starting out at the beginning of the three and a half years. Uh, three and a half years later, he's crucified. And he's speaking. And again, I love this so much because it's not about the, the sweet by and by. It's about the right here and now. Stop worrying, Jesus says, because God cares. Don't worry. He cares. At the center of Jesus' definition of worry is chasing after things that you can never get because it's for tomorrow. That's the center of his definition of worry. When you and I are preoccupied about things for tomorrow that God does not give us the grace for today. He gives us the grace for it in the moment. And so he says, don't worry. Don't worry. Stop worrying. And so, let me put it this way. When you're tempted to borrow from tomorrow, look 
look for a way to participate in what God is doing today. Again, how many opportunities do you and I miss because we're worried about tomorrow and we miss the opportunity of today? God is doing stuff all around us all the time in the moment, but our mind is tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. What's going to happen? And we walk right by these incredible opportunities, things that God wants to do in us, things that God wants to do through us. When you're tempted to borrow from tomorrow, the worries of tomorrow, look for a way to participate in what God is doing right now, right in front, right in front of us, right in front of us. I I remember one time, uh, I I think it was probably 2010, uh, no, 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 It it was earlier than that, it was probably like 2006, when I was coaching over at John Jay High School, I remember one time, we're getting ready for a big game, and uh, you know, we're just, the, the coaches were kind of uptight and all, I think it was a playoff game, and, uh, and I saw three or four of my players, and they're just staring off in the distance, in the middle of practice, and just, and like, you know, their head's not, their focus isn't there, they're just staring off in the distance, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I, I, I'm gonna, they're gonna run forever, they're gonna, they're gonna run forever, I'm gonna make them do drills, and I walk over to them, and I say, excuse me guys, we have a practice going on, is that okay with you? And, and they said, yeah, coach, but look at that sunset. They were like, look at that sunset that God painted for us. This is on the practice field at John Jay High School. And in that moment, I just realized, maybe I shouldn't be so worried about the game. Maybe there's an opportunity right in front of me. Thank God I saw it that time, and we had a great conversation about God and how he created everything that we see. I'm concerned, though, of how many times I missed those opportunities because I was worried. When you're tempted to borrow from tomorrow, the worries and concerns for tomorrow into today, look for a way to participate in what God's doing today. And and I tripped over it literally that day on the practice field. That God was doing something right there with, with that small group of players looking at that sunset. It's so important. Jesus is now going to relabel every single worry of his followers. Are you ready? Clearly defines it. Here we go. Next verse. Verse 34. Matthew 6, 34, therefore, look at this, do not worry about, what's that word? Every worry is about tomorrow. Jesus said every single worry, he says, do not worry about, fill in the blank, tomorrow, whatever it is, my job, my kids, you know, my health, whatever it is, he says, do not worry about blank, all of that can be summed up in do not worry about tomorrow. And what does he say? For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. As we hear sirens going off right now during the middle of this message. Don't worry. Don't worry. I couldn't have cued that up any better. You know, that's pretty remarkable. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Again, kind of a a metaphor. When I was coaching uh, football in high school, I was quarterback in high school, so I love coaching quarterbacks. And I used to always tell my quarterbacks, you know, you don't have to be Joe Montana. You don't have to be, you know, whoever it is, Peyton Manning, certainly not Eli Manning. You don't want to be him. But, But anyway, you know, you don't have to be one of these guys. I would always tell them this. I would say, play within yourself. Play within yourself. In other words, know who you are and and just play your game. 
It's your game. You're not trying to be someone, not trying to chase something. That's what Jesus is saying. He was like, don't, don't, work, don't, don't be into tomorrow and next week. Be right where you are. Wherever you are, be there within yourself. Be in that present moment. Because every day's got enough trouble. There's enough issues that you're, you're needing my grace to walk through and to handle. Don't need to be into tomorrow or next week or next month or next year. Do not worry about tomorrow. Every one of our worries can be defined with this word, tomorrow. What shall be, what, will, what could be worry. For tomorrow uh, will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I'm worrying about tomorrow and I'm forgetting God's provision for today. That's what worry really is. And let me put it this way. <laughs> Why smuggle tomorrow's troubles into today? Why smuggle tomorrow's troubles into today? You know, there's this verse in the Bible and it's a beautiful verse. His mercies are new every morning. Tomorrow you're going to get a whole new huge bucket of mercy to handle whatever tomorrow brings. But you can't use tomorrow's troubles with today's mercy. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. His mercies are new every morning. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. So, don't worry. Here's just summing it up. Don't worry. Your heavenly Father is with you today. And watch this now. And he'll be waiting for you tomorrow. See, God is not locked in time and space like you and I are. He's already there. He's already in tomorrow. He's already next year, five years from now, 100, 100 million years from now. And he says, it's okay. I got this. Don't worry. Trust me. Trust me. Put me first. Seek me first. And all these things will be added to you. So two questions for you. You ready? Two questions based on Jesus' word, all red letter stuff about worry. Here's the first question. What if you really believed that? What if you really believed that your heavenly Father is with you today, right now, and he'll be waiting for you tomorrow? How different would your life look? Let me put it this way. How little worrying would you be doing if you really believe that? I'm going to trust God. I believe he cares for me. I really do. How, how different, how much, can I put it this way, how much more peace would you have if you really just believed the one who rose from the dead said, don't worry. If we really just believed him. If we weren't skeptic. If the one who said, this is what I'm going to do, and he did it, I think of anyone, even more than I believe myself, I should believe him. What would it look like if you really believed that the heaven, our Heavenly Father is with you today and he'll be waiting for you tomorrow? And here's question number two. Why not believe it? And again, kind of like Jesus was saying, how's that worrying working out for you? How is the worrying improving your quality of life? Last week we talked about how to cope with stress. 
It's very funny, though, the five top questions that you wanted to answer, how, they're, how closely all five of them are related to each other. A few weeks, we're going to talk about how do you have peace of mind? You wanted to hear. It's all, they're all just so connected. How do I cope with stress? How do I stop worrying? How do I have peace of mind? Obviously, whatever we're doing is not working. Pretty obvious. Why not believe Jesus' words? Why not believe him? It's so important. Well, I know what the pushback is. Well, that's absurd, you know, Greg? That, that's completely absurd. How, how can I just trust Jesus and not worry? Or I, I'm not sure it's going to work if, if I just trust God because the, the worrying just feels so much better, right? No, not at all. Or how about this one? I'm not confident that God will come through. I'm not confident that God will come through for me. Here it is. If you choose not to put your faith in your heavenly Father and choose worry instead, let me ask you, which one is more reliable, your worry or Jesus? Which one's more reliable? Worry or your heavenly Father? Uh, let me put it this way. How would you feel if when you came in today, we're going to answer, you know, here's the question. How can I stop worrying? And instead, this whole message, what I told you was this. Here's, here's what you need to do. Trust in worry. Trust in worry. Trust in worry. Trust in worry with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge worrying. And worrying will direct your path. Now that's absurd. Not trust in Jesus. That's not absurd. Trust in worry is absurd. But we do it all the time. We do it all the time. And Jesus said, no, stop worrying. If you're my, one of my followers, stop. Trust. God cares for you today. You would think that the disciples got this the first time, but they didn't. In fact, most scholars believe Jesus hit on this subject over and over and over again. Now, let's fast forward real quick to shortly before Jesus' crucifixion. And look at what he says here now. In John chapter 14, verse 1, to his disciples. Now it's not a huge group on the Sermon on the Mount. Now it's just the 12, shortly before his crucifixion. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't worry. You believe in God. Believe also in me. And he knows he's about to be taken out and crucified. And he tells his disciples, don't worry. Don't worry. It's going to be okay. I got this. This is not the end. It's going to look like things are out of control, but they're not out of control at all. This is God's plan. And he's making a way middle of all the chaos. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't worry. You believe in God. Believe also in me. The issue of worry is always trusting God. Do you trust your heavenly father or not? Do you trust Jesus or not? Just, just a little bit after this, John chapter 14, look at verse 27. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace, I give it to you. Do you receive it? 
I do not give to you as the world gives. The world says you'll have peace when there's, everything is going perfectly. Jesus says, no, I'll give you peace in the middle of total chaos, total and complete uncertainty. I want to give you my peace. That's an inside peace that's not based on circumstances. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. And then he was taken out and crucified and they totally freaked out. And they all left. Except for John. Totally messed it up. Totally scared to death. But then he rose from the dead. They were hiding in just absolute fear. And then Jesus walked through the wall three days later and said, I'm here. You can trust me. And you can trust what I tell you is the truth. Fast forward a little bit more, 32 years, about roughly, later. The Apostle Paul, this is the second generation now of Christians. This is, you know, kids' kids. The, the, the original Christians, their kids. The Holy Spirit is speaking through the Apostle Paul. And he says almost the exact same thing that Jesus said to Christians in a city called Philippi. To the Philippian Christians. What changed? Jesus rose from the dead. Those disciples that were so afraid and so scared at the crucifixion, when they saw the resurrected Jesus, all of a sudden, they didn't worry anymore. They were filled with incredible boldness and incredible confidence and incredible trust with God, in God. And in Philippians chapter four, verse five, look at what Paul writes. The Lord is near. Don't worry. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Anxious, just another word for worry. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Pray about it. Then he goes on and says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. Where? In Christ Jesus. Jesus, trust in him. And do you know where Paul was when he wrote this? In prison, waiting to be executed. Don't worry. Trust God. Don't worry. That's power. That's, that's, that's the power of the peace of God as he is in shackles in an old, musty, dirty Roman prison. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So the choice is yours. And the choice is mine every day. Will we worry or will we trust in Jesus, the one who rose from the dead? So let me quickly give you some application, three ways to just bring this home on a regular basis. I want to give you a handle so you can, you can work, take this with you and, and, and work on it. First thing is this. Begin your day every day by declaring your trust. 
Start off your day by declaring your trust in Jesus. God, I don't know, Jesus, I don't know what's going to happen today, but God, I trust you. I trust you. Let me, let me put it this way, and don't tell worry that I said this. If you get ahead of worry, you can stay ahead of worry. If you get ahead of worry, you can stay ahead of worry. Take a few minutes in the morning, right when you wake up, and declare your trust in God. Every single day. You'll be amazed at how it will change. In fact, let me put it this real practically. Read over the next week, over the next week, everyone, read Matthew 6, 25 through 34, straight through, out loud. And let me say, not on a device, like actually pick up a Bible with pages, so that way there's no notifications that are distracting you while you're reading the Bible. But, but just for a week, every single morning, Matthew 6, 25 through 34, Jesus' words, and say, God, I trust you. I trust Jesus' words more than I trust my feelings and my worry and my anxiety. And so that's the first thing. The second thing, well, before I go on, let me just say this. I, I heard this quote. I think it's fantastic. Worry is like prayer in reverse. It makes, worry makes things bigger. Prayer makes things smaller. Worry is like prayer in reverse. Worry magnifies things. Prayer minimizes things. To so start off the morning. Begin your day with declaring your trust. Here's the second thing. Relabel your worry as tomorrow and then say tomorrow will take care of itself. Tomorrow, God, you'll give me the grace for tomorrow. Today, I'm gonna face with boldness what you have for me and I'm gonna receive God's grace. Just, just relabel every one of your worries. Every single one of them is about tomorrow. Don't miss what God has for you in the moment. I'm worried about tomorrow and God, you know what I need tomorrow. Here's the third thing. When worried about tomorrow, and it's just rephrasing what I already said, but I think it's so important. When worried about tomorrow, look for a way to participate in what God is doing today. The next time you wake up in the morning and you have worry, let me just encourage you. Think of someone else that you know that's going through something worse and pray for them. Pray for them. You'll be amazed at the peace and the perspective that God will give you in that moment. This is, all, this is all throughout the Bible. Trust in God. He cares for you. He cares for me. Pray for someone else who's going through a difficult time. Because here's the thing. What would happen is if every time we start feeling that worry inside, we allow that instead of to distract us from God, that it actually put our eyes on God's kingdom and we put it first. When I start feeling worried, I'm going to pray for someone else. Seek me first, my kingdom first, and all these things will be added unto you. Wouldn't that just turn worry upside down? That it actually becomes, worry becomes a call to prayer for other people instead of woe is me, how am I gonna do this? How am I gonna handle this? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All those things will be added. Jesus promises, seek the good of my kingdom and I'll seek the good of yours. Allow your worries to trigger concern for other people. And so I just want to end where we began. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Here it is, Jesus' words, do not worry. Don't do it. Trust instead. Trust instead. Trust your heavenly Father today and trust that he'll be waiting for you tomorrow and that he cares for you. Exactly what you're facing today. And he'll be there tomorrow. 
and he'll give you the grace you need to face what tomorrow holds. At the end of the day, we choose to trust the one who rose from the dead or instead we choose to distrust him and to worry and live below what God's plan is for our lives. I'm going to ask, would you bow your heads with me right now? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, first of all, I know all of this is much, much easier said than done. But Lord, we hear you speaking to us. We hear the words of our Savior who came and lived a sinless life and laid his life down on the cross as a sacrifice and rose from the dead just like he said he would. We hear his words, don't worry about life. Don't worry that you really do care for us. And so, Father, I pray that, that, that from now on that, that worry would trigger in us to trust you more. And Lord, that we would, we would take these words of Jesus and, and we would just allow them to change and transform our hearts and even our, our, our thought patterns. And that we would choose and prefer to pray rather than to worry, to trust rather than to fear, and that we would truly live the life that Jesus showed us how to live. Thank you, Father. Right now, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I, I want to give an opportunity to anyone and everyone who's here. If you've never taken that first step to trust Jesus, to, to place your life in his hands, I, I'd like to lead you in a, in a prayer right now that you could pray after me, that you just open your heart up to him in this moment, and just admitting, I'm trusting you from here on out. I need that peace I need that peace, Jesus, that you talked about, the peace of God. The Bible says if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so I want to lead you in a prayer right now that you can do that and begin to trust Jesus with your life and, and, and recognizing that he lived a sinless life and he died, paid the price for your sin and my sin, and he rose from the dead that's how our sins are forgiven, not by any of our good works, but by the perfect life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So if you've never prayed before to, to receive Christ as your Savior, just open your heart now and repeat this prayer after me, saying, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I turn from them now, and I receive Jesus' sacrifice for me. Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. Guide me. Direct me. Jesus, give me that peace that you promised. I will trust you from this day forward. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Valley Christian Church located in Hopewell Junction, New York. Please visit us online at valleychristianchurch.net for more information. Thank you.